Oh, welcome back to the Backyard Professor videos. I've had a good Veterans Day. It's been a challenging day. I've been uh, having some struggles, struggles with uh, a lot of my electronic uploads today for some reason. Perhaps, hopefully, everybody is honoring our veterans. Uh, we need to treat them with more proper respect and due deference and help those folks out because they did fight for our freedoms. It'd be a shame if our country can't come together and just trashes what they gave their lives for. Uh, I think it's time we begin working as a country together, myself, but that gets too political. People want you to think like they do or else they would rather just get rid of you. Hopefully the churches have gotten out of that kind of thinking. I think for the most part they realize the silliness of that approach. So, I have a, uh, a nice video I want to do. I began to, to think, to ponderize, you know, that's one of the new words of the inspired general authorities that made him a boatload of money because they put it on the t-shirts. <laughs> then they promptly put the squelch on that. Only the church as a whole is allowed to become multi-billionaire, you know, the corporation. Let's not, uh, let's make, not make a business out of the gospel, you know. Well, I got me thinking, hey, I, what happened at this uh, last general conference? What, uh, what can I find that's worth sharing with you that happened in conference? Well, as it turned out, I found some remarkably very interesting things. And based on what we were told in conference, and they talked about in conference, I did a bit of research in a very interesting area, and I think you will see some remarkable information that, you know, once again, the church does not want you to know. There are things to know, and then there are things that are taboo. It's those taboo things I want to talk about, but of course. <laughs> I think it would probably be appropriate to begin this analysis of General Conference with a few of the words from the CEO of the corporation, Russell M. Nelson, uh, since he did start off the CEO meeting and the corporation uh, get-together, let's see what he has to say. Imagine how quickly the devastating conflicts throughout the world, those in our individual lives, would be resolved if we all chose to follow Jesus Christ and heed his teachings. In that spirit, I invite you to listen for three things during this conference. Pure truth, the pure doctrine of Christ, and pure revelation. Contrary to the doubts of some, there really is such a thing as right and wrong. There really is absolute truth, eternal truth. One of the plagues of our day is that too few people know where to turn for truth. 
His interest in uh, making sure we grasp the idea that there is pure truth and there is pure doctrine and there is pure revelation that's going to happen at that conference a month ago. It's really interesting that he uses the word pure so often, isn't it? And then once you actually begin to study the history, then you recognize why they need to convince us that now we're receiving truth in its purity because we haven't really had that for so blasted long. Uh, yeah, maybe it's about time they decide to try to give it to us, right? So this priming of his audience is really interesting, isn't it? Uh, I thought that was quite a way to open. And he didn't take real long either on the stand. He, uh, he turned it over to others pretty quickly after that. And one of the more interesting talks, the more that he jumped into his subject, the more surprised I was at Jeffrey Holland. And his talk was extremely interesting, and I have quite a bit I'd like to say about it. But first, let's take a look at uh, one of the clips that I personally made, and I will then discuss this through a couple of clips of his out of his conference talk in October 2021. So let's take a look at Jeff and see what he's up to. The scriptures speak of a rich young ruler who ran to Jesus, knelt at his feet, and with genuine sincerity asked the master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? After reviewing a long list of commandments this fellow had faithfully kept, Jesus told the man to sell all his belongings, give the proceedings to the poor, take up his cross, and follow him. The boldness of this directive caused the young ruler, in spite of his expensive sandals, to get cold feet. Now, let's be a little realistic. Uh, that is astonishing that a upper, upper echelon manager of the corporation of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints a multi-hundred billion dollar corporation would bring about a scripture involving a filthy rich young man wanting to know from Jesus what do I have to do to gain eternal life and the response that Jesus gave him. Now what I was particularly interested in was how Holland emphasized this particular story. It is a very interesting way that he emphasizes it, which I truly don't think was Jesus's point at all. But based on his position, you know, what choice does Holland have? Let's take a look and I'll show you what I mean. Jesus told the man to sell all his belongings, give the proceedings to the poor, take up his cross, and follow him. 
boldness of this directive caused the young ruler, in spite of his expensive sandals, to get cold feet. And he went away sorrowing because, the scripture says, he had great possessions. Obviously, this is an important cautionary tale about the uses of wealth and the needs of the poor. But ultimately, it is a story about wholehearted, unreserved devotion to divine responsibility. Now, I... I've got to be careful here. I wrote down my reaction to this. Oh, there we go. I wrote down my reaction to this, and I'm going to kind of take a moment to read my reaction to this because this is staggering, in my opinion, how Holland did that. A cautionary tale? This story is a cautionary tale? It's uses of wealth and a cautionary tale about the relationship of this man's need to do something and eternal life? Well, uh, my suspicion is the way which Holland interprets this is, of course, because he is involved in a multi-hundred billion dollar corporation of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and so to accept just the straightforward thrust of Jesus' teaching isn't really possible for them. Because, again, unfortunately, darn it, that dadgum Jesus said you cannot serve God and mammon. Yeah, can't be done, unfortunately, for the corporation, that is. So, this is just a straightforward story. You have to give away your wealth to the poor if you're going to make it to eternal life. And who among us can do that? I haven't. I can't. Not right at the moment. We know that the church dang sure can't. And that's why Holland just skipped it a doodah real quick past that part. Ooh, well, we don't want to elaborate that too much. Let's elaborate the idea that we need to wholeheartedly follow Jesus and give him our heart, our minds, our souls. Give him our grand loyalty and glory that we would receive, turn to him, etc. Praise his name, exalt him, etc. And that was basically Holland's thrust for the rest of the talk to hurry up and get past that real tough part of giving your money away to the poor. This is a preliminary first step. And Holland, of course, takes it off on a different emphasis that had nothing to do with the story. So we need to, unlike Holland, keep the first part of the context, yes. Now, the interesting thing here is, Dallin Oaks also had a 
an extremely interesting talk on the idea of the church, the point of the church, and what it is that makes the church so marvelous. And I want to play a clip of his also, because this is every bit as shockin' rockin' as Holland's choice of subject to attempt to talk about at conference that Russell M. Nelson absolutely dictated and demonstrated well or hoped he said it would happen as the prophet that we would receive pure truth, pure revelation, and the pure doctrine of Christ. In other words, this conference was scripture for all two days. That's how Russell Nelson primed the audience and prefaced them to it. In other words, what they were saying was important. <laughs> and what they were getting our eyes off of was even more important, as I'm about to show you after we watch this video clip of Elder Dallin Oaks. Most humanitarian and charitable efforts need to be accomplished by pooling and managing individual resources on a large scale. The Restored Church does this with its enormous humanitarian efforts worldwide. These include educational and medical supplies, feeding the hungry, caring for refugees, helping to reverse the effects of addictions, and a host of others. Our church members are renowned for their Helping Hands projects in natural disasters. Church membership allows us to be part of such large-scale efforts. Members also pay fast offerings to help the poor in their own midst. So I really thought it was fascinating how Elder Oaks emphasized the greatness of church charity and welfare and charity giving. Uh, actually, it's the individual members of the church who give millions of hours of volunteer work throughout the world. The church shouldn't get credit for that. Those kids and people and women and men and girls who do the charity work should be getting the credit. The question is, with its astonishing amount of wealth, just how much charity does Mormonism give and produce in the world to benefit God's other children that haven't had the chance yet to hear the gospel, right? So I did some searching, and this is positively amazing what I found in the world religion news. Now you can Google this. It's so easy to Google. Google World Religion News, July 18th, 2016. Oaks said the church gives $40 million a year to charity for the last 30 years. And that equals $1.2 billion to charity in the last 30 years. Now, that's way more than, of course, any of us individually 
give without question. So that's nice that they're doing that. Forty million a year seems like a lot of money, and technically, man, from my point of view, that is. So good for them for giving charity. Now, in case you think that that's too low of a number, and you don't trust the world religion news for whatever reason, I, I have no idea even what kind of newspaper they are, the Deseret News for July 12, 2016, this is the church's own newspaper. They also carried that same story, with Oaks describing the charitable giving of Mormonism, right? So, the Deseret News had that story as well a week earlier, and the World Religion News followed suit and told the same story. So that gives credibility to non-church sources, doesn't it? Well, the Wall Street Journal. And this one's updated, uh, let's see, February 8th, 2021. So this is, you know, 10 months ago. Mormon Church amasses $100 billion in the Wall Street Journal article in 2021. Wow! A $100,000,000,000. Mormon, the market's insider. Now, this is the markets.businessinsider.com slash news slash stocks slash Mormon Church 100 billion fund. The amazing thing about this is this loving charitable corporation of Jesus tax-free, by the way. He has learned how to manipulate the laws of the land so that he gets a break from paying taxes. They have scored a 900% gain on GameStop stocks, or GameStop stocks. What they did they also boosted their Tesla bet by 39%. What they did is the corporation bought 46,000 shares and their value went from a church's investment in their corporation of 900,000 to $8.7 million in one quarter and that stock has not gone down all year this year, apparently, if the story read right. Mormon fund in Tesla worth $433 million is at the end of March 2021. They also boasted of a $2 billion sales of Apple and Microsoft and $1 billion in Amazon. Wow, that might be something you want to check if you don't believe I'm telling you the truth. Fox News 13 out of Salt Lake City. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's hear it for Fox News. All the 
Republican Mormons love Fox News. They don't trust those liberals at CNN. So, Fox News themselves started an investigation on the Mormon Church because of a $6 billion profit during the pandemic. A total value of $44 billion is what Fox News said by the end of 2021. Their Amazon holdings in the corporation increased $650 million. The Anson Peak investment arm of the Corporation of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints made 16%, and that compares really interestingly with the Dow Jones that only had a 7.25% interest rate. That's at fox13news.com slash news slash local slash local news. The Fox 13 investigates how LDS Church Investment Fund made $6 billion in the pandemic. You can look that up on Google very easily. The Washington Post, this article was John Swain, Doug McMillan, and Michelle Burstein. December 17th, 2019, they found the Mormon Church has misled members in a $100 billion tax-exempt investment fund. Very shocking. This was the whistleblower. The church was supposed to, by legal law, use that investment for charity. And they did, but they only did a paltry few million. They pocketed the rest, a hundred billion dollars worth. And they're still sitting on it today, interestingly enough. Ah, so much for giving to the poor, you know. That was those guys back then. We're above the law. We're a corporation now. <gasps> we the big boys. We don't listen to Jesus and the law. Heck no, man. Hundred billion dollars. Don't tell us what to do with our money. We're going to sit on it for a rainy day. And that's exactly what they said, too. During the pandemic, they may have given a couple of million here or a couple of million there. Fascinating. EA feed slash calm slash inchest richest, sorry. EA feed slash calm slash richest churches in the world. Their net worth for 2020 to 2021. Very interesting here. They say the LDS is $100 billion. Interestingly enough, for a shocking comparison, Catholic Vatican is just a mere $33 billion. Catholic Germany is just a mere $26 billion. And Catholic Australia is only 
22.3 billion. All of Catholicism in the major investment countries combined are only two-thirds as rich. Filthy rich as Jesus's corporation. So I mean that deity, he's got it figured out, don't he? Yeah, he knows how to get rich. Fabulous. So we've heard a couple of interesting figures. Some people calculate uh, 46.5 billion, others calculate 100 billion. Some say the pandemic did affect the wealth of Mormonism, as it did absolutely everybody. Others say they're recovering. Uh, we have seen figures out there on the internet, whether Mormon run or non-Mormon run, where they can gather in anywhere from six to twelve billion dollars quarterly, like they did with the GameStop st shock st stock. Boy, that's a twang tister, isn't it? Well, here's the thing. What if we just calculate using the very lowest value we've seen? 46.5 billion, right? And we do a calculation of the 40 million dollars a year that they give to charity. This means annually based upon their total income net worth, Mormonism very charitably and lovingly gives eight ten thousandths of one percent of their wealth to charity. Bravo. Just bravo, boys. Keep up the very wonderful giving. For the grand total of their last 30 years all combined, the $1.2 when you divide it into their net worth, they have given an astonishing two one-hundredths of one percent of their wealth to charity. Oh, so impressive, brethren. Big hearts, one and all, yes? Oh, the Lord must be thrilled with the magnificent charity that you give and you constantly love to brag about. And you parade yourselves in front of the cameras. See how good this magnificent Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is. We are good. We are powerful. We are loving and charitable. You are a positive embarrassment. How you even dare talk about that just shows 
one of two things. You really are either brain dead or 100% total hypocrites. And you have to break the law to be the hypocrites. Sit on it, on your dead asses, while you could be doing astonishing amount of good with it. You're the dragon that sits on the gold. And in every story I've ever read, heard, or watched, the dragon gets defeated because of his greed. Not that I think you're capable of reading those stories, but I'm just giving you an idea. You know, it's all right. It's all good. You give $40 million. Bravissimo, bravissimo. Oh, oh, glory. So anyway, now that I've shared that with you, and I am so thoroughly disgusted with their bravado, utterly minuscule. The widow's might is worth millions of, hundreds of millions of dollars more than the 40 million Mormonism gave. In fact, that's the parable. And of course, they don't dare touch it. That they touch the rich young man is really truly astonishing. In fact, I think I've got another video clip that I'd like to share with you from a few different moments of general conference. In the vernacular of today's youth, we are to declare ourselves all in. In the kingdom of God, there can be no halfway measures, no starting and stopping, no turning back. We must be prepared to have it cost not less than everything. Pure truth. Jesus told the man to sell all his belongings, give the proceedings to the poor, Take up his cross and follow him. Pure revelation. Jesus told the man to sell all his belongings, give the proceedings to the poor. The pure doctrine of Christ. <laughs> See, what we have here in the church is, do as I say, don't do as I do, right? <laughs> oh... Funny people, those brethren. So, another one, Neil Anderson, uh, had a very interesting talk. And so, they uh, Holland talks about giving all of your wealth, <coughs> except Mormonism, <coughs> uh, all of the rest of you to the poor and, and you know, have a, a heart full of love and total devotion to Jesus. Uh, and Oaks brags about what great charity the church <laughs> gives out. Now, <laughs> uh, one eight ten thousandth of one percent, that's <laughs> real pathetic, right? And now the question is, well, what other emphasis did I find that was so interesting in conference? And Neil Anderson had something that really, it's actually kind of something I've touched upon uh, in other videos. 
in previous videos where the emphasis uh, needs to have a proper focus and so we're kind of curious what else brethren do you like to focus on besides your own filthy riches and bragging about how much of those riches you actually give away thinking that the rest of the world entirely believes you and trusts that you're doing the very best you can with all that vast wealth and here's what brother anderson had to talk about his emphasis was extremely spiritually uplifting. President Russell M. Nelson said, The Lord has impressed upon my mind the importance of the name he has revealed for his church. The name of the church. The name of the church is not negotiable. The importance of the name he decreed for his church. The name of the church. And we are reestablishing the revealed name of the church. The identity and destiny of the church, the church, this church, the church, store church, the church, the true name of the church, the Savior's church, the full name of the church, church, the church, church, the restored church, the Lord's church, 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 the church, church, of church, the church, church, the church, the church, church, the name of the church, church, the church, the church, church, the church, the name of the church. <laughs> so, so <laughs> you can see these guys really have their priorities out there, don't you? I mean, it's it's all about uh, give away your money, but make sure it goes to the right place. <clears throat> you know, uh, church, 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 church. You know. And uh, just remember that we are charitable and we are good and glorious and grand because we are an absolutely filthy rich corporation. <laughs> they are proof that the gospel of prosperity, the gospel of mammon, is much more interesting and enjoyable because you can brag to the world about how great you are at giving away so much of it. Right? And Jesus is really proud of you for that, you know. Mormons are trying to demonstrate that Jesus and God don't have a clue because they can too have worship of mammon and God. Of course, look at them. They're the brethren. And didn't Russell Nelson say, in this conference, we're going to have pure truth. We're going to have pure revelation. And we're going to teach you the pure doctrine of Christ. But to live that doctrine is yours to do. Us, we, oh no, we're the, we're the messengers. We're the exception, right? You know, we're the second anointed, although they don't want you to know that. So. <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, that's some of the highlights of conference from a month ago. Who knows what the next conference will bring? It'll be real interesting to see what happens when the next one shows up and see if they bother to show up and try to defend how corporate they've become and how their emphasis is never on you and me. 
No, you don't go to church to gain your own spirituality. No, you go to church for its sake. What they care about is the success of the church. It's always the church, the church, the church. And now we know the rest of the story. Thanks for watching my Backyard Professor videos. I will see you in the next Backyard Professor video. Be sure to be good, do well, have fun, sleep nice, and hang in there. I'm coming back soon.